Geek Top 5, Season 5. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> this is so exciting. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And, uh, wow, it's been a long time since it was just the two of us in here, huh? Pretty quiet. Spacious. A lot of room. Yeah, it's, there's been a lot going on. But uh, longtime fans of the show will know that we used to do top five lists. Uh, and it's still very dear to our heart. And we figured we finally got a chance to do one. We're going to do a pair of dueling lists um, inspired by some of our recent activity. Yes, uh, we are going to drive... Uh, straight into the Batcave and take a look at all the cool gadgets therein and uh, debate what are the top five Bat gadgets. And I expect there's going to be some overlap, so really the, the meat of this is going to be what's the top Bat gadget. But uh, you know, we may surprise each other. I know I have at least one on my list that is definitely not on Graham's, so <laughs> we'll, we will see how that goes. Um, I don't think anyone on this podcast needs a quick bio on Batman. We can probably just jump right into it, right? Sure. Let's do it. All right. I will kick it off with my number five. Um, mostly to get it out of the way, because let me tell you, I most of my list on here is serious, for sure. It's Batman. Batman! Serious business. But the thing with Batman is that when he's written well, like the whole jazz is that he has no superpowers, but he's brilliant, he's a great detective, and he's a gadget guy. Like That doesn't come up as much like in the dialogue and the story but he's you know he built a batmobile he built a batplane i guess in some interpretations he has lucius fox do it but still he's got lots of cool stuff which means that when batman is written poorly there is some pretty goofy stuff so the number five on my list it's up it's 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 yes it's not serious but i feel like we have to discuss it uh folks listening at home if you could please stop what you're doing right now pull out your phone open a new google window pull the car over and pop into google and look up slalom racer batman (laughs) okay i just want to before we get into this i want to uh argue one point where you said that when they're written poorly and i will fight you on that I would say they're written differently, they're written in a more silly or a manner geared more towards children, but they're not written poorly. I respect that you have said that. Would you please go Google Slalom Racer Batman? Okay. I feel like we're going to go through this, and then you may need to reconsider. (laughs) Okay, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of action figures. Yep. What you're looking at, folks, is a model of 90s success where they figured we're going to sell a million Batman toys, each one with a different gadget, right? Like, that's what a great way to do it. Slalom Racer Batman, though. Okay, where to start? I mean, the gadgets are the skis and the jetpack, but it's way more complicated than that. For starters, okay, the bat suit is white, and okay, I mean... Yeah, Batman is black and gray, but this is like, you know, skiing, so clearly he's in the snow, so that's camo, right? So that's fair. It does have red and purple trim, which, mm, okay, but... Well, when Batman's done with whatever he's doing there, there will also be a lot of red in the snow, so he's got to blend in with that, too. Oh, you, and you have no idea how much, because there's two things we need to focus on here. You're saying, I mean, Jesse, skis, is that really a bat gadget? No, no, no. They're not. For sure. Everyone can get, well, not everyone. They're very expensive, actually. I've never been able to afford skis. That's, that's a, that, that is a sport that is out of my price range. But what Batman has going on here, the key to this is to look at the actual art on the package of the toy. The, the first thing, and probably the minor thing, is you'll notice that while he is skiing with one ski pole, the other ski pole is pointed forwards and drawn with animated effects to indicate that this ski pole is a weapon. Given the nature of like the, like these kind of Batman toys and the sort of cartoon origins of it, probably an energy weapon. And you think, okay, so Batman is skiing and his ski poles have bat laser guns in them. That's something James Bond never did. Already, that's kind of great. I like that idea a lot because of the goofiness of the scene it suggests. But the key to this is the jetpack. Slalom Racer Batman is wearing like a like a Buck Rogers style, like a, like a you know this elongated silver tube jetpack. And you think to yourself, okay, all right. 
I get it. Like, Batman wants to go down that ski hill. He's probably chasing Mr. Freeze or something. He needs to go real fast. So his skiing outfit has a jetpack, and it shoots an exhaust of flame like the Batmobile, right? Sure. I'm with you. But but check the art on the toy. You will note that Batman, the flames coming out of this jetpack are not behind him. And that's when you realize that, no, 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 sir. Any man can wear a jetpack while skiing, but this is Batman. Batman has no need to go faster when he's on skis. Presumably he's a great skier. It's a rich person sport. On the art of this toy, we can see he is wearing this device the other way. This is not a jetpack. This is a flamethrower. Batman, Slalom Racer Batman specifically, in his goofy suit, will ski downhill with laser weapons in his ski poles and has a giant flamethrower on his back that he uses to attack presumably other skiing minions. Now, like I said, I get, like, this one is not serious. This is not a recurring Bat gadget. This does not have, like, a really cool arc in the comics where Batman's skiing flamethrower really makes the difference for him and, I don't know, Nightwing, let's say. But I think that the excess of this gadget highlights the the downside of Batman. Of Batman, when Batman is ludicrous like it's not just that it's kitty but it's insane and i've made reference i think a couple of times on this show before when i make a joke about batman and i mentioned batman with skis it is because of this hilarious concept for a bat gadget that is my number five slalom racer batman and his skiing flamethrower and given that, I gotta ask you, Graham, is that really just a different Batman, or is that kind of a problem? <laughs> I would say it, it, there were no writers involved in that. That was a that was a uh, action figure executive, or no, I, I would say this is the problem not with Batman, but with action figures in general, because. At that point in that toy line, they were like, we are out of Batman toys. We have already made all of the variations of Batman that we have, so we got to go out of our way to create new ones. And and sometimes stuff like that bleeds into the comic books, like Spider-Man's Dune Buggy is all based on a toy that no one wanted, or Thanos' helicopter, but this never made it into the comics or the cartoons or anything, because there's no story to justify it. I, I mean, yes, I agree. Um, I guess if you wanted, you could make the argument, is this perhaps not canon? Um, it's tricky to say, because where do you draw the line with that with a comic book character? What I'm getting at is I understand that this may not be in the spirit of the list we intended, but I had to bring it up because it brings so much personal joy to me, and I hope now to you and to all of you listening at home or on your jog or like while you're pretending to work or whatever— Slalom Racer Batman skiing downhill with a flamethrower on his back, shooting gouts of flame at, like, Mr. Freeze or the Penguin or whomever else is, like, winter-themed. I think the bigger problem with it is he doesn't seem to be doing much slaloming for a character named Slalom Racer Batman. Well, he does have the poles. Like, they they clearly double as weapons, but you could, you know, like... I mean, I don't know enough skiing terms to say, you know, do the side-to-side chimmy thing that lets you slalom. <laughs> right, but I think, I mean, I having only skied once and uh, using rental skis and, and poles and everything, but I, I definitely didn't do any slaloming, not intentionally anyway, uh, but I did have poles. Anyway, I I think that's a fine choice. I, I it's, yeah, I, I think it's a, a case of a weird action figure, and so I think... It, it's, it barely qualifies for the list, but I'll allow it. Yeah, that, and that's why it's at my number five, and I agree with you. I, I go into this with caveats, but it had to be said. Thank you for entertaining me. Batman can sometimes be effing weird. Graham, what is your number five? Well, mine is uh, a lot more normal, I guess, at least comparatively, and probably compared to the rest of the list. But uh, mine is also mostly serious. I have one that's uh, a little more... Uh, unusual higher on the list, but I I feel like there are ways to make it 
less unusual and make it uh, a viable tool, but we'll get to that going forward. My number five is his grappling hook or grappling gun. Uh, You have that on your list? I thought a lot about the grappling gun, but in the end, it didn't make my list. Okay. Well, what I will say about it is that uh, Batman is just a normal guy, and so he needs a little help climbing around the city and and getting from place to place, especially if he wants to be stealthy. And uh, something that was developed in the comics but not really used until it showed up in the Tim Burton 1989 Batman movie is the, the grappling hook. It's something he uses to swing from place to place. And the reason it's number five on my list is is because it's probably one of his most used gadgets it's something that is very much batman uh, other characters like spider-man swing around the city on ropes and webs and whatnot uh, daredevil does something similar with his billy clubs he swings around from place to place but batman's the only one who like has a device to shoot around and it, it it was something that was so integral to the batman animated series like the sound effect of it is is playing in my brain as we talk about this and it's it's a neat tool that that he can he can get from place to place. If he uses bat plane to get to the top of a building, everyone's going to see that. But if he's got this hook, it's a lot easier for him to to get places without being exposed. Uh, that being said, it's not the most exciting gadget in the world. It's uh, just a rope that shoots out of a device and and he uses it to climb up buildings. So that's why it ended up at number five. Yeah, I think great minds think alike on this one. I had the same thought. Like, that is iconic. I, as much as we're used to the, the joke where, like, someone's talking to Batman and they turn around and he's not there because he's made his bat exit, from the animated series in particular, but also some comic books I can remember, there's also just the like the image of the Batman silhouette, and then the hand comes up, and the poosh! Of the, yeah. And then he just, like, zooms upward away following the wire. Like, that is a very clear Batman thing. It's so iconic to him, but it's also so uninteresting. And, yeah, and it it and it, it favors poorly when compared to web shooters, you know, which are clearly superior in a lot of ways. Right. And the, the other thing about it that occurred to me while I was thinking, while I was doing this list, and it's I don't think it's something that I'd really thought about before, but if you're going to do a grounded, realistic take on the character, it it really only works if he's climbing up a building or, like, going to one other building. It's not a very expedient way of travel, because he's got to, like, shoot it at something, climb up it. If he wants to go to the next building, he's got to shoot it at that and, and go across. It's like Spider-Man, he's zinging and zabbing he's he's shooting it just it comes right off of his wrists and and it's a very expedient way to go this it feels like he's constantly got to reload and shoot again and it would be it would be ridiculous to watch him do it in real time i mean at that it's ridiculous to assume that that like whatever motor and wire he's got on there can support his body weight (laughs) well i partly in preparation for this i watched the the uh, tim burton batman movie uh in in preparing for my research because i saw that that was the first place this was really used and he actually asks vicky vale what her weight is because i guess he's sort of calibrating the device to hold both of their weight when he fires it Right, and it's played off like a like oh Batman, you don't ask a woman what her weight is oh, gee, oh but it turns out he has a good reason. But at the end of the day, like that wouldn't work anyway. <laughs> like that, the 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 rope is going to break under with the strain of trying to lift an entire person, especially a person in semi futuristic combat armor. Right, but it's Batman. Like it's one of those. Like I, when you try to make a more realistic Batman. That's right on the edge, I feel like, of what you can get away with. I I agree. And and I feel like there's a million ways they could just say, whoa, well, this is a, a special tensile fiber. It's made from zibbity zab and it can hold whatever weight. But you, by not even uh, discussing it, it's easy to just be like, ah, well, it's magic Batman rope and it just works. But when you see him have to shoot it to to use it then it's like well now we know exactly how it works and if he's going to be swinging through the city on it you know he has to like stop and rewind it and shoot again that's that's where my my brain gets like i i can forgive a lot if they don't even bother trying to explain it it it's when it gets some sort of explanation and then it's like well those are the rules now for how this device works 
how is it going to play out if he's going right. across it, the whole city? Yeah, it works best when he uses it to disappear out of frame and then we cut to somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. thinking about it, that's what it always was in the animated series. And and if you going back even further, uh, I was before he had the gun. What he would often do is he would have a batarang with a rope around it, and he would throw it and loop it on something and swing. And that's what he would do in the the Adam West TV series. He would take a batarang with a rope on it, throw it on top of a building, and then slowly climb up. And again, to think about him doing that instead of the gun thing, it makes it even more ridiculous. But yeah, it's comic books. that it's that fun. works a lot better when you have time to pause for a celebrity cameo to come out of right. the window. <laughs> That's why that works. <laughs> uh, I love that show. I know. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to your number four. My number four, uh, a serious one. I, maybe it'll sound a little silly at first, but I mean it. My number four is the memory cloth cape that turns into the wingsuit from the, the Nolan trilogy. Um, started with Batman Begins in 2005. The... um. Yeah, where does you know what? Here's where we start with this. Let's talk about capes for a second. <laughs> the cape, uh, which is so clearly identified with superheroes, but really these days is only worn by Superman and Batman, uh, which is really, really weird if you look at it, if you really stop to think about it. Uh, but capes, like, historically, in real life, don't really serve a function besides, like, fashion. I guess, like, like there are cloaks with a thick cape that could be like, well, if it's the medieval times and you're wandering through the woods, you're already kind of wearing your bed. But not the cape. The reason that superheroes wear capes is so when it's 1930 and you want to draw them flying, you can have like a piece of cloth behind them fluttering in the wind to sort of show the reader like, oh, yes, there's movement there. There's wind. Otherwise, the cape, the cape is pretty silly. Uh, yeah, the Incredibles, right? No capes. Yeah. And uh, Watchmen, no capes. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, but what they did in Batman Begins, I think, nips this in a bud and on a couple of different levels. The, the idea is that his cape is made out of this special cloth. Lucius Fox calls it memory cloth. Uh, that it's, it's just like a normal cape, but when you run electricity through it, it takes on a solid shape. Like as if the electricity were functioning like the skeleton of an umbrella. And, of course, Batman uses it to form these cool bat wings, which works in for two ways. First, because his whole thing is the image and the fear and the Dark Knight is that, like, he needs to look like a bat, right? And this sort of gives him those wings. But also, it works like a wingsuit, which is a real thing that we've really invented, which is this cool suit that you wear and you spread your arms out and you have these Wings, I mean, that's what they're called, that sort of stretch from, like, you know, your your sides up, like, up or across your armpits to your hands. And it's enough that you can run and jump and, like, catch some air. So when mm. Batman begins, Batman uses this, like, you know, to, to look like the bat. But also, it, like, gives him some flight, which helps, av helps avoid the problem of the grappling hook. It's doesn't really come in like there's never a point in the movie where like everything's about to go down but it all depends on his cool bat wings but it helps sell the more modern interpretation of batman that i mean you know it's not adam west he's not just climbing a rope like he can sort of he can't fly but he can drift a little and that's scary enough and it helps create that bat silhouette which, you know, again, for the, like, uh, make the criminals fear, but also just makes that bat logo shape that we've all been so entranced with for probably about a hundred years now. Getting there. Yeah. I think that this is kind of a, I mean, yeah, it's at my number four because there are way cooler gadgets. And you don't even think about this, like, it doesn't have a computer in it or anything. But I think that is a really key part of what makes that Batman work. And it's difficult for me to think of him without it now. Can you think of examples where he uses it in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises? I, he poses with it a lot, but a lot of, like, in the, but like, for, for like, you know, he brings it up and it's very scary, but a lot of the stuff I want to say in The Dark Knight, like, because like, there's some airplay there when he's getting the, um, the guy out of Hong Kong, right? Yeah. And there's a, and there's some soaring with that where the cape comes out. I know it happens in Batman Begins as well, yeah. because he, in, he swoops. 
in begins it's like part of the story and i just feel like after that they don't they don't make much use of it um but yeah it's neat i i feel like the cape in general could count as a gadget because of of how he uses it and the different uh, techniques with it but it didn't make my list because it's uh i don't know it, it's it's an article of clothing to me and and they, he doesn't make enough use of the glider wings uh, from batman begins like the you know the the special electricity cape to it didn't that that's why it didn't cut it for me for sure there's way cooler stuff that that he's doing but i just it is difficult for me to think of Batman as silly because I loved Batman as a kid. We all loved Batman as a kid, but there are certain things that don't make the transition into adulthood well. And that goes double when you're trying to make a more grown-up Batman. You know, the like the bat the Nolan Batman versus the Adam West Batman. Would we say the Bale Batman? Is that better? I I tend to attribute it more to Nolan than to Christian Bale, but then go either, for Nolan, people will know. Yeah, either or um, I think I, I feel like if that wasn't there, it just it would come up with why does he have a cape? Because the cape is kind of dated and dumb. <laughs> I guess so. I I I'm definitely coming at it from the angle of the comic books. In the comic books, you can you can draw the cape doing whatever you want the cape to do, and and it'll always look cool. And and in in a world where you want the character to be taken seriously, it's always going to make sense in that world. Like you said, when you transition to reality and when you try to make a more grounded version of the character, it makes less sense, which I think is a strong argument for not getting so gritty, not going as grounded. Let it be a heightened reality. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my take on it. Like like Spawn's cape. Spawn is a more recent character created in the, the early 90s um, by Todd McFarlane, and he has a cape as well. And the way McFarlane drew it, it was like a separate character. Just it would take up whole pages, and it always looked really neat. And And I think when they did the Spawn movie, they had to fully CG the cape just to have it do all the the weird stuff that it would do in the the um comic books without it even being like a part of the the storyline it's just it was like a neat thing that they they he wore and uh the transition to to film like a real cape couldn't possibly do the things they wanted it to do it's like the doctor strange's cape uh, if you would call it a cape in the the movie they had to make it a sentient being to have it do the neat stuff that it does in in the comics now, Where, as far as I know, it's not sentient. Spawn's cape is uh, it is a thing, at least sometimes. Like I think it even has a name sometimes. Like it's 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 alive. Hmm. So there's so there's that. Like so again, there's there's story reasons for that, and it's like I, I mean, Spawn is never going to have a really cool Batman Begins style reboot because that character is ridiculous. He is he is an unintentional parody of '90s excess. But his like his cape does stuff. It is like it's like a it's a demon or a something or other. I just Superman wears a cape because he's everybody's like he's the Silver Age brought to life, and Batman wears a cape because because Superman does. I yeah, think. I mean Batman is a response to Superman. He's the yeah the dark shadow of Superman. Uh, and I think that that's a little silly until you you give it a reason, and I think that was a really cool technological, like it, like that was a reason to have a cape. Like that, that uh, it's like yes, I get it. That's functional and it looks cool, form and function. Um, but yes, I will not contest you're not having it on your list. I get that. Okay, and and as you've been talking, I've just been thinking of more and more examples of superheroes wearing capes even to this day and i think the capes are cool and and so long as you don't have them be gritty and realistic they still work really well at least in the comic books but i time for us to move on right yeah okay my number four is my my weird silver age golden age uh, addition to the list it's a master bat key and batman has a key that unlocks all the doors in Gotham, and this is this is something <laughs> I have ex- never heard of this. So no, it is not on my list. Um, I, th- 
Go ahead, it, please. It, it certainly adds to the creepy factor, but it's also his, you know, it makes sense for a single Silver Age story where, where he would need to use it. I don't think it ever came up after that. Um, Batman needs to be able to get into all the places in Gotham City, and it's something that he, he's got, and it's it's a f- funky gadget in the... In the Silver Age, it was just a just a, a key. It just looked like a regular key, but it happened to unlock everything. And so I don't just think all the makes... locksmiths in Gotham got together and it was like, oh, everybody make sure to add these special tumblers for the Bat Key. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, it's like uh, someone gives you a key to the city; it doesn't do anything. This was literally the key to the city, and. I think you can modernize that really well and have it be some sort of gadget that he would have that he could use on, on any lock. And and he, I know there have been other stories where his utility belt has, has lockpick uh, tools in there, but that's not nearly as fun and uh, and Batman-y to me as as a device he could put into a lock and it would just like figure out what the right tumblers are to to activate the the lock it's hard for me to picture Batman kneeling in front of a door with stuff in his teeth trying to jimmy a lock open and especially a, a difficult one it makes more sense to me that he would like kick it open or find a way to open the window or just have this device and I, yeah, I just think have a gadget it, I th- yeah. And I do think a later the later version, like the gadget, works a lot better than just like a master key. <laughs> right, right. Uh, in the nineteen fifties or sixties, I, I just don't think they had that uh, kind of thinking of in place yet. So, and I don't know. Maybe there is a way to think up a, a, an actual key that could do those things, but it's it's a lot harder to justify. But it also maybe make th- makes things too easy for Batman. You want him to have some obstacles, and maybe a locked door that he can't open is one of them. But uh, you know, this is it's a neat idea, and it's something that would be pretty useful to him. And I keep wanting to say uniquely Batman, but I feel like I've seen it before. I've seen stuff like this in Mission Impossible or whatever. But it's a it's a it's something that he would have in his utility belt, just one of his many tools that he would use to solve a crime. And it wouldn't have to be the focal point of any story. It's just another thing that he would have. So I like that. I would believe it a hundred percent yes. Uh, I also like yes, it definitely sounds like something that would have been done by Q department in the, in the early eighties. <laughs> like it's the 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 perfect key, uh, right. and now we heck and now nobody has key. Well, we're getting to the point where no one has keyholes anymore. We're all doing fobs and magnetic strips and stuff. So sorry, Batman, but uh, <laughs> that just seems like a, there's an even easier story mechanic, like hand waving for for that than there would be. Yeah, for yeah, a he's got an keyhole. ultrasonic reverberator that tri- <laughs> you know, rotates the modulation of the signal until he cracks it open. No, no, I get that. Uh, but no, so so how like what do we see how this works? Like, does he stick something in the keyhole and it like grows a key, or does he just uh, well, is for, it consistent for, uh, for like a modern take on it? Well, I, it's I, the one you are thinking of. Like, the one, uh, yeah, the one I'm thinking of. It would be like a device he would put in the door, and it would like maybe it would be a, a liquid, and it would go in and figure out all the different pieces, and then it would harden into the perfect key for that thing. And he would have to like, you know, refill his, his, uh, but just for clarity, the actual one, did it never evolve past just a big key? As far as I know, it has not based on my research. That is less impressive, (laughs) but it was only used in one, as far as I know, only in the one story. It was not, uh, it's, I think he would use the lock picks a a lot more frequently. And 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 it made your top five. Yeah, because I just love the idea of it. It's like not something that that uh, not it's not on my list because of the amount of use. Of, hey, you're number five. <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> an action figure for God's sake. <laughs> but this one, I think, is something that wasn't a story, and it does have practical applications. So even though it hasn't been used much since, I think it's a cool idea and and deserves uh, to be brought back. Yeah, and you wouldn't blink to see Batman using it. Yeah, It'd just be like, yeah. Of course, he has a bat unlocker. It's just yeah. Okay, yeah, it um I I feel like it's hard. I don't I don't know how to put this. But it's hard to make it bat-y. Like <laughs> you know, like like the wings of the cape, sure, and the grapple gun, of course, and and just like a cool key. It, well, it's I feel like it wouldn't make my list cuz it's 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 it lacks that bat theme. 
the the original one uh, the the like i don't know what you how you describe the different pieces of a key but the head of the key the part that you like hold and turn that was shaped like a bat to really bring home oh okay well then problem solved (laughs) (laughs) okay that's it's uh, yeah it's a little goofy but i see what you mean it's a very batman thing yeah yeah he's past locks okay i'll accept that okay so we're on to your number three my number three. Um, I think this is one you're going to fight me on. I know a lot of people don't like this. I think other people, at least one person, at least I liked it. Um, I can't find a distinctive name for it. The composite name I've put together from everything I Googled is the Bat Ultrasonic Bat Beacon. That is also my number three. Oh! <laughs> Well, damn, this is why we have guests on the show. Okay. Uh, Well, I guess I'll start, and then we'll both just gush over it a little. Um, This is one of the... I think it's like the first major climax of the year one arc of Batman. Uh, Yeah. 1987, Frank Miller, good stuff, good stuff. Um, And... Probably, like, like the folks who read Batman, you know this. Folks who watch Batman, you see that a lot of this got lifted almost shot for shot to the first Batman Begins movie when he's, uh, when he's hunting, what's his name, the guy who's going to be Scarecrow. Uh, when confronted by a situation where it looks like it's going to be difficult for Batman to escape, he pulls a little thingy out and waits and waits. And then all of a sudden, bats, bats from everywhere, bats swarming in through the windows and surrounding him and just distracting him. And everyone's, ah, God, the bats, they're in my hair. Ah. And in the chaos, Batman escapes. I think in both instances, Batman Begins and in year one, it's a situation where he has tracked someone to a, uh, like a church tower, a bell tower or something, and he's kind of stuck there, and the cops are coming in, and he has to escape from the cops, and this is like a non-lethal or even like non-violent yeah, way to escape from them. Yeah, it, so he doesn't have to beat up any cops, he doesn't have to hurt anybody, it does pretty much guarantee his safety, and it's a huge part of building like the mythos of the Batman that he's trying to build. And that mel- melding of form and function, I think, is incredibly cool. I mean, when you kind of like, you could describe it so it sounds dumb, as he has a magic thing that summons a bunch of bats. It sounds like like an early D and D spell, you know. <laughs> but what it's doing is it's confronting these people with this incredibly impossible situation that they can't. They, no one knows how to deal with that. You can't just ignore these bats flying in your face and stuff. And then it's just the story it would create right of the batman and the bats it's such a great way to show how the form and function of the gadgets and the batman fear myth work together it helps that it's drawn super cool in the comic and it's shot really cool in the movie like it's a very cool moment in both cases but a way that, like, the wings, like, yeah, the, he can have a cape that look kind of like bat wings, I guess. And other devices, like, even, like, we, t- we said no vehicles for this list because that's a different jam. But, like, a lot of the Batmobiles are just black cars. This is the perfect melding of those two sides of it. And it's just so Batman in so many ways. It uh, It's only because I have cooler things I think I want to say about other stuff on my list that this isn't higher. I, I really like this one. Yeah, I think it's really cool, too. And the, and the fact that it doesn't get used very often is surprising to me. It's like it feels like it should be one of those things that's just a key part of who he is. And you could say that because it first appeared, as far as I could find, in uh, Batman Year One, which came out in the mid-80s, some 50 years after the character debuted, you could be like, well, it's 50 years into the character's existence. It's a little late to be adding these new integral gadgets to him or, or details to him. But that story also introduced the idea of the pearls breaking off of Martha Wayne when she gets shot. That wasn't part of the the whole Batman origin story until this storyline. And now pearls breaking with a gunshot is it just means Batman origin. It's like such a, an important part of that um story now so if you can have that come from this same origin point this batman year one you could have this sonic bat signal used way more often than it is i just 
And I hedged when I introduced this because I really thought you were going to hate it. I know that there's a lot of, well, in brief research, I have found that there is a lot of, of thought, like, this is just kind of dumb. Like, why doesn't he just karate his way out? Or why doesn't he just, like, leap out and, and you know, skim with the wingsuit or shoot the grappling hook or whatever? Um, I can I can agree that, like, again, in a real-world point of view, we're examining it from the perspective of the pneumatic gun on his grappling hook won't support his weight. <laughs> It might not be 100% practical. It's like, what if there are no bats nearby? And, like, what if you're not in an enclosed space? And they, like, what's the range on it? How close to you do they want to get? And, like, there's a lot of reasons why this wouldn't work. I, I get that, but it's about the style of it. For sure. And and I think that there, I mean, there are bats in Toronto. There's bats uh, everywhere. We just don't always see them because they're they're nocturnal creatures and they're they're black. They blend into the night really well. And I think this device, it's I, I don't know the first thing about how this would practically work, but it feels like it should work. Like this, like they fly based on sonar, so you can use some like high pitched noise to attract them. But the thing that I I really like about it is is like you said, it's a great way to distract people and and create that fear and the idea of like if I were chasing this masked creature this masked man up in a bell tower and i'm going after him and all of a sudden there are bats everywhere and in a world of comic books where there's aliens and freeze rays and whatever maybe bats aren't that big a deal but if you're trying to ground it in reality if i'm suddenly surrounded by bats i'm gonna be freaking out just because they're weird animals all around me and then if this guy comes out from amongst them completely fearless just walking with these bats around him that would be very intimidating I I just really I I really like it. It's a cool thing that definitely needs to be used more. I do feel the need to make a brief PSA. In no way is this our responsibility, but just in case. By the way, folks at home, like actually, yes, for real, don't try not to interact with bats. Like they yes. like rabies and disease. It's like like they're not necessarily venomous, but the stuff they carry, like you you will die if it gets into your bloodstream. They're <laughs> There are, like, some bats are hideous, some of them are adorable, they're like little sky puppies, they're just so wonderful, but, I mean, don't, don't. They're, it's dangerous, they carry stuff, they are flying, webbed-winged rats, it's it's just PSA from your, your friendly eco-ecologists at Geek Top 5, don't mess with bats, seriously. <laughs> Whether you're the Batman or the police or the criminals in this, just, just a heads up. There, I feel like we covered our bases, okay. Okay. Yeah, Oof. super cool tool. <laughs> Okay, I guess we're back to you with uh, for your number two. Yeah, I guess I just uh, I'm I I guess I shouldn't be surprised at how similar we are. <laughs> I wonder if you have this one on your list. My number two, not so cool in itself, but again, it's more about what it stands for. My number two is the Kryptonite Ring. Oh, that isn't on my list. Oh man, I really thought you were going to say my number one just based on what you were saying there. But yeah, go for it. Yeah, so. I feel like this has taken over a couple of different forms in different interpretations of Batman. Sometimes it's the kryptonite ring that they took away from Lex Luthor. Sometimes it's just a hunk of kryptonite. Uh, but what this is, is that it's established that in the Batcave, in a lead-lined box, and sometimes carried with him in a lead container on his utility belt, is Batman carries around a chunk of kryptonite, the basically magic rock that takes away Superman's powers. And that's not so cool. Like, that's not something he came up with on his own. Um, it's, it, it's, I could see how someone might argue it's not even a gadget, but it's what it represents. Where Batman is the one who is always looking out for the worst case scenario, who always has a plan for everything. And so when you take the kind of Batman stories... You know, out of stuff like the Nolan verse, out of stuff like Year One, where he's interacting with the larger, you know, DC, DC at large, I, he's he's got a Superman problem, and you know we've seen that handled really poorly thanks to Zack Snyder, and we've seen it handled really well in you know, issues of the comic books and arguably the Injustice games, where like Batman, if he if for some reason Batman has to fight the Flash, he has a way to take him down. If for some reason Batman has to fight Wonder Woman, he's got a plan to take her down. If Batman has to fight Superman, 
he's going to have kryptonite ready. And that's so indicative of both the strengths and flaws in Batman's character. It says so much about him because very often Superman and Batman get along. You know, the, the DC, like, Justice League point of things, like, like they, they're, like, I mean, the big three is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. They're, they're at the top. They, like, they work together a lot. They stand for the same things, even though they might handle it a little bit differently. But I bet you Superman and Wonder Woman don't have a plan for how to deal with Batman if he goes bad. I mean, they wouldn't need to. they just crush his head. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they would until they, you know, and Superman would try and they'd find he has a kryptonite ring. Like, Batman right. is, Batman is not okay. Batman, on a certain level, like, he can't trust Clark Kent enough to be like, yeah, he's a good guy, this will probably be fine. Even after all the adventures they've been on and the times they've saved the world, Batman is a broken dude. He is not well, and there is a part of him that's always thinking, what if I have to kill this guy? And because of that, he keeps just a, a brick of Superman poison around, just in case. Which, I mean, what I'm trying to think, what's the plain human being equivalent of that? Is it like... Like, like, yeah, I'm hanging out with my best friend, but I'm going to carry a knife just in case he goes nuts and I have to stab him? Like, that's like, crazy. I've got, like, you know, incriminating information about him on a time lock uh, website that will activate if I don't put the right code in, just in case he turns on me or something. It's a very death note. <laughs> uh yeah, stuff like that. Uh, so what it is with this gadget is it, it's not cool because it's a gadget. It doesn't do anything cool. It doesn't you know, have ultrasonic waves or light up or anything. But it indicates that at a certain level that Batman is not all right. And that's a part of his character that I think it doesn't always get discussed as often as it should. Like, people will look at that and say, that's heroic, that's him protecting the world, but I I don't think that's exactly quite it. What it is, is just that at a fundamental level, Batman can't, he can't trust, not 100%. He can't have a family, he can't have close friends, he can't, you know, open his heart that way. It's just, it's such a strong indicator of who he is, and it makes me sad. Uh there's a storyline called the Tower of Babel, and in that, uh, all of Batman's plans to defeat the Justice League or the various members of the Justice League are found by a villain who uses that information to incapacitate everyone. So there's there's precedence for this backfiring badly. Uh, the other thing, like my, my point, my, my thinking about this is that the whole Kryptonite Ring thing is is uh, one of the longest standing debates in comic book fandom is who would win in a fight superman or batman and i think most comic book fans who have been in a comic book store more than once are tired of hearing that argument in that fight and it always comes down to well batman has the kryptonite ring and and uh i think stuff like that is what um kept me from adding something like this to my list it just feels like a conversation I'm tired of having. I'm tired of them having kryptonite at all. I want Batman to find better ways to defeat Superman. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, and I agree with you. It takes very special circumstances for me to be interested in a Batman Superman fight. You know, Batman gets robot armor, not that interested. The Red Sun version was kind of fun, just because the characters were so different. I don't know if that even counts. Right. Um, but it's not about the fight. The kryptonite ring isn't cool because, oh, there could be an even fight between Batman and Superman. Whoa. It's cool because it's, like, it's Superman. He's he's mom and baseball and apple pie and, like, all the things that America used to think of itself that it was back in the 1950s. You know, that, like... Like, Superman is everything good, and Batman still is preparing himself to murder him just in case it comes up. It's that window into his psyche. Like, I can see a story arc if for some reason somebody's getting into Batman's head, and it's like, if you want to grow as a person, like, I mean, like here's a good physical manifestation of the step to learning to, tr like 
to be a person again is not keeping weapons to kill your friends. Like, <laughs> are you able to give up the ring? And Batman would not be able to. And that... Sounds very uh, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? I mean, like, hello, Bilbo gave up the ring, so... Well, I think... Well, anyway, conversation for another time. Yeah, 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 you ought to hit me with Tolkien. We could make this add an extra hour to the podcast. <laughs> oh, now, boy. It, again, it's not a cool gadget, and I don't want to watch the the fight, but what it's... Like, the way that... Like, the same way your key gadget says about Batman, he's prepared, he's a detective, he's an investigator, like, he's... You know, he's passed the things that would stop you or me. The ring says that, yeah, he's traumatized and he's kind of a monster. And it's and that's a cool I like I think Batman is at his best when those flaws are a part of his character. All right, let's move on to uh, my number two, and it is maybe his most frequently used tool, and also, when you think about it, kind of the weirdest one. Uh, the Batarang. Ah, Batarang is my number one. Okay, well, let me get started, and then you can polish it off. Uh, sure. It, uh, it, it's it the the reason I find it weird, and it's because I've been watching and reading Batman stuff since I was a kid. Didn't really occur to me as being that weird until I really started to think about it. Maybe even for the first time for this list. Batman's greatest tool is uh, Australian throwing stick. <laughs> How does that fit into the Bat motif at all? <laughs> but in a 1957 uh, story, he gets he 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 defeats a or no he helps a boomerang expert who gives him a, a batarang, and for the rest of that issue, he's using this tool to. Um, to to get out of traps, and he uses it like every other page. Is a, a to... I had it back at nineteen thirty nine. Oh, okay, I think you're right. I think it's earlier. the The story I'm thinking of is called the uh, Hundred Batarangs of Batman. That oh, that's very Batarang focused. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, hang on, hang on. I have the notes here. Here we go. Batarangs first appeared in Detective Comics number 31, 1939, in the story Batman vs. the Vampire, of course. Um, Batman threw the first Batarang at the monk and missed, but later in the story, the Batarang helped him knock over a chandelier and escape the villain's <laughs> trap. Well, again, that's... Uh, so, Detective 31, you said? Yeah. I believe he first shows up, Batman first appears in Detective Comics 27, so that's like four issues later. How is this, how did they go from a guy dresses up like a bat to, you know what, we're not going to use guns anymore, give him a boomerang. Was there a big (laughs) Australia thing happening in the late 30s? When did the first Crocodile D come, Dundee come? I, have, I can't help you with that. I, I don't have the backstory here. <laughs> anyway, it is it's a throwing tool, and he's used it in from the silliest iterations of the character all the way through to the grittiest variations of the character, although by then it's really more of like a throwing star, but it all comes from the same idea of him having a tool that he can throw at, a, at villains. It's a projectile because he's not... He's not allowed to use guns anymore, so he throws them, and it can knock people out. It can disarm them. It's it's a great tool. It comes back to him if he needs it to, like Captain America's shield, which would have been around the same time. And uh, it's 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 just it's a weird one. And a lot of stuff from Green Arrow. Green Arrow was stealing a lot from Batman. He got a arrow cave. He got a kid sidekick. Uh, he was a millionaire playboy who fought crime at night. But I think this is the one area where Batman stole from Green Arrow. Green Arrow always had trick arrows that he could use. Batman en- en- ended up having a bunch of trick boomerangs, like magnetic ones or explosive ones. Even had something called Batarang X, which was a giant Batarang that he could fly on. <laughs> That's just a bad plane. <laughs> well, except that I, I don't know if it had an engine. <laughs> Anyway, what what is your take on the Batarangs? I mean, the thing with the Batarang to me is that the Batarang is such a versatile tool, I think is the highlight to it. Like, the Batarang is essentially Batman's spellbook. It, like, it gives him a projectile attack, but he has so many different things. He has Batarangs that explode. Right? He has batarangs that hit a guy and then tase him. It's a shocking thing. He has batarangs, and I... I 
I am told this is not exclusive to the Arkham games, but I haven't been able to find proof in the comics. But at least in the Arkham games, he has batarangs that he throws and then whips out like a little RC controller and can watch through a camera in the batarang and like guide the batarang. Like it's a drone, which is hilarious and insane because he's supposed to be throwing them so how like how much time does he have to go get this remote control and camera <laughs> set up but whatever and how hard he has, is he throwing it yeah really um he has the, he like we discussed earlier he has like a, a grappling hook substitute batarang like it's a batarang with a rope around it he has batarangs that he has batarangs that he throws into locks that then open doors it's <laughs> for some reason it is so much easier to buy than other multi-tools like green arrow who just has an arrow for everything in his quiver right like this arrow has a boxing glove on the end this arrow has the keys to a 1989 chevy lumina and this arrow (laughs) has like like but all of batman stuff you can be like yeah no he he put some plastic like a little bit of plastic explosive onto that batarang and he threw it and when it hits something it shakes it and that you know, sets off the detonator and then it blows up. Like it's and hopefully you ba- grab the right one. Well, he's Batman. He's <laughs> you know, you can trust Batman. I guess it's also worth pointing out he has batarangs that are just sharp. <laughs> like that's that shows up. Like we're talking about all these cool like bomb batarangs and taser batarangs. But he has bat batarangs that he'll just like throw at a guy and it hurts like a dart. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the most common one these days. I, I feel like the multi tool ones are are more left in the classic age of the the 40s 50s and 60s but uh yeah in any case it i agree with you again origin a little weird he throws stuff but in terms of the bat gadget the batarang is a delivery mechanism for whatever wild ass stuff he can come up with like if poison ivy is spreading toxin around and he's got the cure he can distribute it by batarang <laughs> you know he attach the vial to there and toss it off like if if he's fighting a clayface i think it's clayface where he has the special superheating batarangs where he throws the batarang and it gets into Clayface's like gunk, and then it just starts to warm itself up like a yeah, you know, like like an i nine processor trying to mine Bitcoin, and it just like it and it just gets super super freaking orange hot and tries to melt Clayface from the inside or at least like harden his clay goo. I don't I don't I'm sure there's cooler words than clay goo, but the the batarang is the ultimate multi tool and the ultimate gadget delivery mechanism. What what it has to do with bats? I don't know. Maybe because like they're small and fast, and so it's like he's throwing a bat. Maybe they end up they end up vaguely shaped like bats. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that it. happens. That's about but as for, close as it gets, I think. Yeah, for for a while you had like the rounded wings, like they looked like in the in the Tim Burton Batman logo, and now they're like really sleek and sleek and sharp, like 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 the Batman Begins logo. Frankly. <laughs> I guess it might be more accurate. Yeah, it it might be more accurate to say the batarangs are shaped like the current in vogue Batman logo. But the the batarang is like all his gadgets in one in a way. It's almost not fair. It's anything cool that he can come up with, whether it's to hurt a criminal or to solve a problem, can be delivered by batarang. And I mean, and I guess part of being the world's greatest detective is that he kicks ours at darts, so (laughs) it works. I have to say, I'm kind of, I mean, this is a bit of a spoiler thing for what I'm going to have as my number one, but I'm kind of surprised we didn't have the utility belt on here at all. I didn't think that would count. Uh, I mean, it's, (laughs) depending on the era, it's virtually a Mary Poppins bag where it just has exactly what he needs at any given time, regardless of size or weight. He always seems to have it in his utility belt. But, uh, I mean, should we segue then and hit that? Well, I'll segue to what my number one is. My number one is uh, the bat signal. Oh, okay. So it's not the utility belt. I no, was... no. I was a spoiler. My spoiler alert was that we neither of us had it on there, and it's sort of like, in a way, the definitive. It, maybe it itself isn't the definitive gadget, but it's where all the gadgets come from. Anyway, right? But that's that's not a gadget, right? That's yeah. Like that's like saying your favorite pizza is the box. <laughs> Well, you know, depending where you get it from, the grease in there. Hmm. Well, yeah, no, I get that. And, like, sometimes they're kind of, like, nicely divided, so they have to think, like, they're clever pizza boxes, but at the end of the day, what you're interested in is pizza. Anyway, yeah, 
Batarang was my number one. It's super cool. But you had at your number one, the Bat Signal, which did not appear on my list. Tell us about the Bat Signal. Okay, then Bat Signal first appeared in 1942's Detective Comics number 60. It is a bright light that shines into the night sky and has a Batman logo on it, and it lets Batman know that he's needed. And generally, it, it takes him to the uh, the Gotham City Police Department, where he talks with Commissioner Gordon about what needs to happen next. It also serves as a warning light for the, the villains of Gotham City that Batman is out and about, and it could come and thwart their plans at any moment. It is uniquely Batman. There's there's so much stuff that originated with Batman and Superman that has become the de facto superhero thing from wearing your underwear on top of your pants to having capes to having secret identities and it's 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 just spread out throughout the whole superhero genre. And this you'd think could be one of those things. The the idea of this is how the police communicate with the hero is something that goes into the sky and and lets them know that the cops want to talk to them. Uh, but it hasn't. The closest that I can think of that has stuck anyway in any any real way is that Spider-Man has a similar thing on his belt, but he uses it to scare people. He like shines this Spider-Man face on villains to let them know he's, he's there and he's going to fight them. I, I don't know. It doesn't get used much anymore, but it was a thing for a while. This is kind of the opposite of it and makes so much more sense. Um, and it's just neat. It's, it's a neat image to have in the night sky. It's, it's, uh, iconic and it gives it, the logo a bit more purpose within the story and and it like the superman uh, dc has always been better at superhero logos and this is one of the reasons why it works so well because the logo isn't just something weird he wears on his chest it's also his calling card literally it's something that he uses to to let people know he's coming and let people know how to contact him it's great i i really enjoy it uh, most often the origin of it is that gotha or bruce wayne donates it to the police force using his vast money and it's it's something that they then use to to shine into the sky but some there have been other origins over the years um but that is the most the one that makes the most sense and uh it's it's neat it's even inspired another superhero duke thomas who has some light-based powers he's gotham's daytime protector and he goes by the name signal so is it a gadget though I think it is. I mean, it's it's a very simple gadget. It's just a light that goes into the sky, but it's a pretty powerful light, and it has to be able to work whether they're clouds or not. So there's something weird going on there. If you just have <laughs> I mean, practicality, yeah. Like if there's <laughs> if if there's no clouds in the sky, I'm pretty sure that doesn't actually work. But like, correct uh, but... me if I'm wrong, holographers. But. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it does work, so it must have some sort of magic gadget powers to make it work. Okay, okay. So there's something, there's some cool bat refraction prism stuff in there that lets it just project itself into an empty space. I guess it is. It's interesting. What I mean, I also thought about the bat signal, and I passed on it because I associate the bat signal. I mean, that maybe associates is too strong, but like, like I feel like that belongs to the GCPD and not to Batman. I don't see, and I guess you're right. Like, if it, like Bruce Wayne donates it, which I, well, that's a like that, someone didn't put two and two together there. That's interesting. But also, <laughs> like, it's I guess it does technically come from the Batcave, but I mean, it's it's a light with a shape on the end. I mean, we all did that when we were kids, right? Like, you you kind of. A card, a construction paper Batman symbol out, and you put it on a flashlight and shine the flashlight on the wall, and it didn't quite work. Probably work better <laughs> these days with LED flashlights. Actually, I should try that. But um, you neither here nor that. there. Uh, it just it's, it seems like it's not like it's not really a crime fighting thing. It's not really like a cool invention thing. It's. I would argue it's both of those things. It's. It is a crime fighting thing. It's literally how the police tell Batman that there's a crime he needs to fight. But also, it serves to fight crime in its own way because if someone's about to do a mugging and they see the bat signal in the sky, it's a stark reminder that they're about to get their butt kicked and they should probably go home and find a better way to to make a couple bucks. 
And as far as an invention goes, it's, uh, you know, those you can't just go to Walmart and buy one of them. I mean, you probably can in real life, but in 1939 you couldn't, so that had to be invented. They had to, Batman or Bruce Wayne or whoever had to have that, that spotlight specially modified so it would have the Bat logo on it and so that it would work the way it, it does, where it's completely blacked out and there's it makes that symbol in the sky within the light. Yeah, I... I think what's holding me back, and this may be wrong, I'm examining the thoughts as we're doing it, I think what's holding me back is that he's not wearing it. Like, at the end of the day, all the gadgets I picked out are stuff that he has, like, created to carry with him into into battle, or whatever it is, into crime fighting. And that seemed to me to be sort of the definition of gadget in this case, was the, like, what does he, you know, bat take with him? To do bat stuff. And the bat signal... I mean, you make very good points. I'm not... I am not... I'm not going to die on this hill. But I feel like the fact that it's it's a light that sits on the the roof of the police station... I just... I don't know if that qualifies as one of his gadgets in my mind... The fact that it comes from Bruce Wayne is something I didn't know. That helps. But I guess I just left it off my list because it just it didn't feel like part of his bat gear. I I understand that. Um but I do think it is the most the the, the one of the things that's most tightly tied to Batman is that signal. And even though he doesn't use it, it is it's the like a summoning tool for him, right? Like it, in some ways, and in some versions, you don't get Batman if the bat signal isn't out there, and that's not really true. But I mean, from the the point of view of the citizens of the city, that is how Batman knows that there's a problem, and and so I think it's such an important tool in his arsenal, whether he's actively using it or not. It's something that is, uh, it is something that he needs in order to properly fight crime in that city. And and I was thinking about the Adam West Batman. Like I can picture moments where he where where that is an important part of the story, the bat signal being Sean, but I forgot that it's and it's it's in the closing credits of every episode. It's uh, like the image in the background is the bat signal in the the night sky. But in the show, he's always just getting phone calls on the bat phone from them. And and I I wish they had used it more. Now that I think back on it, the bat signal is so important, and the bat phone is is great, but it's not gonna help uh, stop any crimes. It's not gonna scare people in the city from from uh, into behaving properly. It so. is arguably a much better way to get in touch with Batman. <laughs> like, you know, true. <laughs> like, like I understand it lacks a certain pizzazz. <laughs> just calling, like, "Hey Siri, call Batman." <laughs> but uh, I really hope your phone turns on. It, it doesn't. I don't have the "Hey Siri" thing turned on. Um, nor do I have Batman in my contact list. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I could have used him over the last couple of years. Anyway. Um, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll stop fighting you on it. I mean, I still feel... I mean, we both had the Batarang super high. I still feel like that's a better example of what we're talking about. But I, I see what you mean. It's that it's just such an iconic part of Batman. It's 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 such a... It's, it's so part of his jam. It's difficult to imagine him without it. And it probably helps that we grew up with it, that there's always been a bat signal. I think if they introduced it today, I would have scratched my head and said, that... Didn't, that seems like, inefficient and improbable. <laughs> That's fair. But it is part of his mythos. So, bad signal. Fair. All right. Well, that is. Uh, those are our dueling lists. It, uh, I am shocked that we overlapped on the bat call, the bat ultrasonic, bat make bats come device that really <laughs> needs a name because this is don't, killing me. I don't think that's a good name for it. The make bats come device. I really think we need to workshop that one. Okay. Look, Batman is the greatest detective in the world. I work on spreadsheets all day. All right. This is in, I've got my bachelors. He's got God knows what he, he can come up with cooler names than I can. 
All right. Well, if you can think of any cool, you know, bat pieces of bat gear that we bat missed, uh, please feel free to bat reach out to us. Um, whether it's questions, comments, concerns, I'll stop batting everything. But man, that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's frankly, you know, we're doing this for you guys, and uh, we know that you're enjoying it. And we, you know, if there's ways to change it or things you want to discuss, we'd be happy to hear from you. Graham, how can they bat get those to us? <laughs> Please email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5. We're on Twitter at geektop5. And you can always go to our website, geektop5.com, and post comments under every episode. Please also feel free to go to your podcaster of choice and give us a rating and a review and uh, let us know how we're doing. Those ratings and reviews are super important to us. They let us know where we're being listened to and what parts and how. So thank you in advance for that. While we're giving out thanks, also want to thank Oliver Wickham, guy behind our theme song. He is great. Please check him out on Spotify. He's got lots of cool stuff up there. And again, just thank you. I mean, just thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for being part of our community. Thank you for being part of this, this journey into decoding the name of the bat collar thing. Which I hope will now occupy your minds as much as it'll occupy mine. Uh, I know in my case, that's plenty enough to keep me busy until we get a chance to do this again. But until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week. Sorry, I was just uh, looking at levels. Everything's fine. Carry on. Your bat levels. Yeah. Robin, check the bat waveform. <laughs> We've got to record our bat cast tonight. Ah, uh, bat cast. Somebody, somebody has already <laughs> done that. Oh, what a good idea, though. Oh, the <laughs> bastards had got to it before we could. <sighs> anyway, are you going first or am I going first?